Hey guys, welcome to Because I Said So, the podcast where we discuss age and how it affects how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive others, and the conversations that we have because of it. Thank you for listening, and please leave a review to support the podcast. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here today with my mom. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Karen. I'm Virginia's mom. (laughs) Um, And we're here to just kind of talk about a little bit of mental health. Um, It's Mental Health Awareness Month, and so I think that it's an important topic that often teens can kind of deal with, but it becomes overlooked and not always is validated by their parents. So for me personally, Growing up, I dealt with a lot of things related to OCD and anxiety, and that later developed into stuff with my eating and stuff with my body. And um, although originally it started kind of more mental, I think we didn't really receive much help until it started to kind of be visible from the outside. And I think that that's something that's interesting because a lot of teens often deal with things that are so internal and so I think that it was a big catalyst for me getting help and so I was just wondering for you mom why do why did we not really seek help when I was younger and struggling or like did you not know because I because I, I think for me it start like it the eating things and like the things that were more external didn't really become a big part of it until I was um, pretty like until I was in late middle school or early high school and I've been struggling, I think, for quite a while. I think what happens, especially if you're a parent and a single parent at that time, um, you seem to be handling things okay, but especially, I think, when you started to have a lot of trouble, um, we had moved into a new house, and you started spending more and more time in your room and alone. And for me, I thought, oh, she's for the first time really had her own space. And so she's really enjoying just having her own space. Whereas I would come home from work and just be, you know, okay, let's get dinner. Let's get, you know, this taken care of. So I think um, because I guess I was waiting for, if there had been a problem, for you to actually come and and say, hey mom, something's going on, rather than just noticing that you were spending an awful lot of time alone. Well, I think, I understand that point, but I think that there were even things prior, like when I was younger, and there were things that I was experiencing, um, like of OCD symptoms, or like just anxiety, like generalized, like anxiety things that were like related to even just like my sleeping or like just fears and just anxiety um and why when it was more quiet that we didn't really look into it why we didn't really seek an understanding um and Uh, a deeper solution for that i think again as a parent because i feel like at that point i felt like i i was making it known to you guys when I was younger and I was dealing with those things because I've I mean I like as young kids we tend to vocalize things more 
Um, and I think that that's part of the reason that teens probably don't vocalize things as much as when we were younger is because there was no real solution that was offered. Like when you're younger and you're voicing those things, if they don't really ha um, find any place to latch on to or find any place of comfort, uh, then I think that it's hard to continue doing that if you feel like they're, you've already explained it. And I think as parents, again, you know, a lot of times we see kids and we think, oh, this child, yeah, is going through a phase right now. There's a lot of anxiety. They've just changed schools. We've just moved. Parents went through a divorce. So you would accept um, kind of that your child was anxious and had some anxiety. And you, I mean, it seems like now the stresses that are on kids, especially kids like you, that expect so much of themselves. Um, I think that's something that we, you know, we kind of almost expect that kids are going to be anxious, but kind of feel like it's a phase they're going through. I know that you went to the guidance counselor. Um, and when I was younger? Yeah. Like really young? Yeah. And, school. and your dad and I did talk to the guidance counselors and we did talk to your teachers without you knowing it. And well, I think, I think that there's a further level of understanding though, because yeah. although I understand seeking out guidance counselors in school, um, I feel like we didn't really seek true help until it became something that was so, um, externally visible, um, like until like the things that were like once more internal became so like external as in stuff of like eating or stuff with like my face or stuff just relating to that because I think it's it was just um like an outward how would you say it like an outward I don't know like an outward um yeah there there were signs of exhibition maybe not that's not exactly yeah. the word but of of what I was already internally dealing with. And so I think that that's kind of hard because I think that so many teenagers don't have that. Like it never manifests, I guess is the right word. It never manifests outwardly. It's just something that they're internally dealing with. And so I think that, that that's very difficult. Um, and also just of like school guidance counselors, they don't, they're rarely sufficient for I think the things that um, most children, but especially like teenagers and especially um, things that just go so much deeper, I think, than most uh, guidance counselors can deal with. What I think too is with parents, things are so very different now because I think when we were kids, anxiety um, and mental health uh, issues were not as recognized or as maybe prevalent they were you know kids went through phases but our lives were so much less stressful and there was so much less um, things that kids were dealing with then I mean when I was growing up no kid went to a counselor well do you feel like that's part of the problem is I maybe the fact that adults are, like you guys were all told okay like like well you not even told it was just like an ignorance and kind of a naivety to the fact that there were things that you could deal with and they were related to mental health and that you guys were kind of told that what your issues were were normal 
and that you guys didn't seek help. So it's kind of a, not vicarious, but you're kind of like pushing it off onto your children. You're being like, well, I had to deal with it. So therefore, you can deal with it too. I mean, again, I think that, I do think that you guys are so much more aware of your mental health. And for us, um, back when I was growing up, uh, you did just kind of deal with it on your own. You didn't go see a counselor if you were a kid unless, you know, you had very serious issues or you were extremely violent or something like that. So Similarly I, outward. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I think that you think, okay, well, now that we, you know, once we settle into our house and once, you know, she settles down in school and the anxiety will be off of her and she will you know things will calm down so I think as a parent you kind of look at it as if it's a phase you kind of go okay let's see how this this goes and do you think that's also because of that history of not voicing things so then even when it's not because of a phase even when it's maybe exacerbated by certain things but it's not a phase in and of itself it's more of a constant then do you think that that's a reason why and also, what would you say, because I know that there's a lot of people that also, they don't, even if they try to explain to their parents, it's not validated. Yeah. I and I think, I think, I mean, to a much lesser extent, but I think that there were still times when I would try to voice things to you and dad and try to explain, um, and those still were not met with the same level of care and the same level of understanding that I think I wish that they would have been met with. Yeah. And I think that that continues to kind of shut children down further. And I do think, I think parents are becoming more aware now. Um, I think that parents, along with... Well, I also think you're very progressive in that opinion. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of parents get so caught up in life and trying to work and make ends meet and you know getting their kids to school and you know you're worried about financial concerns and you're you know of course you're looking for health concerns are my children vaccinated and did I get them into their school on time and did my kid get her homework done well do you think it's also a sense of um kind of like an internalized sense of failure or an internalized sense of shame if your child is dealing with um, mental health issues since I feel like oftentimes it it can be something from like a childhood experience or that's most often where I feel like those things stem from so do you think that there's some shame that goes along with admitting that your child has something that could be related to something that you've done or a certain way that like you've raised them I uh, for me personally I don't think so I mean there's always um Back from way back when, there was shame associated with mental health, but it's as a like as someone who like as like someone who deals with mental health issues or anybody that had it. But now, I mean, I think, and I was raised by a little more progressive mother that mental health issues are to be recognized, especially eating disorders or. Well, that's the thing is I think you can say like those things about eating disorders, but that's also because it's so outwardly expressed and so open outwards that I think oftentimes those things that are just as painful 
um, but they're internalized, they don't get the same attention. They're not viewed with the same level of validation. And they're not viewed as something that is as destructive when really I would say uh, more of the things that I really struggled with were things that were internal because I think that the things that were external, such as like the eating things, those were addressed and those were addressed with the um, urgency and immediacy that the other things were not. Because those were the things that we felt like, okay, she really needs help. Well, or- that's, that's what I mean is that there's so many things that I think teenagers deal with and even children younger um, or even young adults that deserve that same sense of immediacy but that I don't always think are met with it because it's it isn't something that seems as deserving of that and I understand that maybe it's not met like with the same sense of urgency because of the fact that it's not as critical of something like an eating disorder like I understand that that's something that's very clinical and that's something that's very it can be very life-threatening very quickly but I think that those things um mentally can sometimes be very life-threatening too and if not life-threatening then just detrimental to the well-being of one's life and the quality of one's life and I think that that's not that's nearly just as bad in a lot of ways and I do think I mean I think that again as parents we get caught up in our own world and and we don't see the signs or we think that as I said before, you're going through a phase and once things calm down in your life that you will, you know, you'll work through it. You'll get over it. You've got your friends. You've got your your church, your faith. And I don't think as parents, you know, we were taught to go to the pediatrician and go to the doctor if your kid has, has a fever or is outwardly sick but we're we're not taught to look for the signs of mental illness in your child and it kind of has to you know with kids so many times I think you're suffering in silence yeah in silence in ways that parents don't see like if you're in your room well do you think that parents even have that ability to fathom it I think it's hard. I think it's hard to tell when your kids are struggling because you know, oh, kids go through quote unquote teenage angst. And, and how, well, how do you get past um, that stigma of, oh, the teenage angst, oh, the teenage anxiety? Because it's, it's so much more than that. And I think, especially, I mean, I think that there's always that. And I think a lot of times it's just kind of been pushed down and closeted in previous generations. But our generation almost. I don't want to say celebrates. I mean, sometimes I think celebrates. Sometimes I think romanticizes, and that's an issue as well. But I think that um, kind of celebrates awareness of our mental health. Um, and so how, how do we explain that to parents? How do we explain that it goes so much deeper? I think just having a frank conversation saying, Mom, sit down. I need to talk to you. And I think Well, I think some children and some teens and some have really tried to do that and I think that you're a lot more responsive, but I think that sometimes parents are just like they aren't. They simply aren't. I have friends whose parents 
just simply don't believe them, who just simply think that they're exaggerating, who just simply won't listen. And so I don't, I think it's hard to find that next step when the people who you looked towards to be kind of like these infallible caretakers don't care about something that is life shattering at that point for you or maybe not even don't care but just don't understand and don't have the capacity to understand so I think that's a very hard thing to move forward because I don't want to sound ignorant and that oh that's just a quick fix because you are obviously a lot more responsive to that even if my journey hasn't been perfect I think that there's so many people who are just not valid even in the same capacity that I was well I do think and also um, parents do need to listen more. I think the rise in teen suicide has absolutely scared a lot of parents awake. I mean, that was something that never happened when I was growing up. Accidents happened. Yeah, you'd lose friends through car accidents. But teen suicide was not a thing, and it's becoming... You know, more and more I know two parents who've lost their kids to suicide. And then that really wakes you up and go... When it's more anecdotal and it's more personal. Well, yeah. And these parents didn't even know their kids were depressed. And I think they have so much guilt and they're reaching out to other parents going, check in with your kids. Well, that's the thing is it, it shouldn't... I know that it's very easy for me to say, but it shouldn't be getting to that point of the... the the time of when you reach out is because you've heard about something like that or the time in which other parents are um, looking into these things or because of having like another friend whose child committed suicide or things like that um, and so I feel like it's it's just hard to, or okay maybe a good question to ask is how do you feel like children should approach it in a way that would make their parents really listen in a way that would really earnestly like get their parents to really hone into what they're saying and take them seriously because I know that there were times where it, there are things that I I feel like it's all a lot of times there's things that you can do is like cries for help and you really hope that someone will pick up on it but I think a lot of times it's hard to just sit down and say that we're struggling or even when we do for that to get met with a sense of um, complacency or just being shut down so how do you recommend that someone goes about earnestly um, I, I do think that, yeah, sometimes it is hard to listen to kids, especially, you know, like I said, parents have a lot of responsibilities. I mean, as a parent, your main concern is being able to put a roof over your kid's head and, and get them food and the things that they need. And parents are under so much stress right now financially. And I think a lot of parents are struggling with some of these same issues of stress and anxiety and I think that that makes it harder for us to open our eyes and see what's going on with our kids because it's a, it's a very different type of stress and anxiety and so I think that a lot of times it's also easy to say well I'm dealing with things too yeah but it's very it's very very fundamentally different and it is and as teenagers teenagers brains are rewiring themselves up until they're 20 something years old so teenagers don't have the same kind of impulse control. Well, I don't. I don't think. I don't do. think that's. I. I understand that, but I don't. I also don't want to invalidate it because I think that it's also. It's also. There's. There's not that same sense of control 
we don't have that same sense of control that adults do. I agree. And you, so I don't I, – a sense of control over what's going on in our lives is what I rather mean to say because it's it's not even a sense of, like, brain control. Like, that's not what I mean. It's a, it's a sense of adults are the ones who are in control. Those are the ones who have jurisdiction over what goes on. And so – I think that that's a little bit easier to grasp because a lot of these things we just we don't have a handle on and like it's and um we don't have that same sense of stability even if things are um maybe not as stable like with like an adult's household or things like that or an adult's job I think there's still a certain level of stability that you have even if there's more stress and more weight and there's a certain level of adaptability too I think a lot of times we forget that teens haven't had as long to adapt of to the stress and there's so many new stressors that are going on in our lives we don't have that same um ignorance a lot of times as like a child um to the things that are going on around us and i think that there's just so many new stressors that are constantly going on in our lives yeah i i agree because as adults we do have control and if a kid needs mental health issue or mental health help it's got to be the parent usually that calls and you had asked me what you can do I mean I think some parents because we are so caught up in our own stressors unfortunately and we think once our kids or teenagers are able to take care of themselves a little bit better so that we don't have to you know that we can ease off a little bit out of the woods yeah later we're not having to be helicopter parents as much but I think just saying mom I need some time to talk to you there's something really important going on with me and I don't think you see it I mean just saying that to a parent should stop the parent in their tracks and because this is real and this is valid and the feelings that you're feeling are valid and if you cannot deal with them on your own and then we need somebody to help who is trained to help you process these feelings because and I think oh sorry I was gonna say I think parents feel like we should be able to fix whatever's going on with our child we can't fix it you know physically we can put a band-aid on it we can you know but we can't do stitches or do you think that that's part of the reason that it's also hard for a parent to um, admit their child seeing a mental health professional because it's almost another admission of well this is something that I couldn't really handle on my own yeah I think it's as a parent you want to be able to to fix things and you want to say I'm able to take care of my child my child's sad I want to be able to make her happy my child's anxious I want to be the one that comforts her I think letting go of that control and saying hey, this problem is bigger than me and bigger than what I have the knowledge and training to handle, I think that's hard for a parent to do, especially even with the younger the child because the younger the child, the more you think I should be able to be able to take care of this child. But yeah, I think that that parents do need to listen and I know that, you know, I wish I was more open to the signs and I do think I tried to 
fix things and I thought well an extra hug or whatever that's going to make it all better or if I let her have a sleepover or if I buy her a new dress. Yeah and it's a lot more deeply rooted than that. Yeah and you just think oh you know she's a little sad now but we'll get together and go skating or something or we'll go do an outing and that's going to fix it. Well and also this is I, I think it seems like a tangent but it's kind of it I think it's an important acknowledgement is how was your mental health handled when you were my age? Like, was it met with a sense of urgency? Was it met with a sense? Because I know um, you had your own struggles. Yeah. And I think that that's, it's hard because I think a lot of adults, um, I think it's, well, A, I think a lot of adults that I know, at least um, my friends, parents, and who've admitted that they said that they haven't, they didn't, they never really got the help that they needed. And I think that sometimes that can be passed on to children. So I felt like that's sometimes where that guilt can be present too is because you feel this sense of like um, repulsion to the fact that maybe your child is struggling with something similar to you. But also I just was curious, like how was your mental health really handled? Oh, yeah. I I mean, uh, my parents went through a very bad divorce when I was 12 and we uprooted and we moved and – you know, had to deal with my family being torn apart. But I had a great mom who was very sensitive, but she was also a single mom trying to to take care of a family on, on very little money. So it was one of those things that you just kind of... Quiet suffering. Yeah, you kind of deal with it on your own and you don't... Um, you try to find... I'm, I write, and so trying to find ways out through writing, but then... These things do crop back up later um, in eating issues and, and things yeah, like I, that. Yeah, because that's something that's definitely yeah. very prevalent in our family. But do you feel like with the eating stuff or with the anxiety things, do you feel like those were really ever met and acknowledged to the point that they really needed to be? I think my mother... She tried? She tried, but back when I was, I had an eating disorder, that was... Way back when Karen Carpenter, the singer, was the first person to ever really, really publicly. publicly. And that's when my mother said, oh my gosh, this is what's wrong with you. And at that point, I was already in college and feeling and like, deep. I, yeah, I thought, you know, eating disorders are very secretive and it's your way of controlling things. So. I mean, I think a lot of the mental health struggles are very secretive. And that's, that's like the thing is I feel like almost... Um, I don't want to say lucky, but I feel almost lucky that what I dealt with was so outward because it, it allowed me to get help so quickly. Yeah, and I agree. And, and there's still not enough good help for people with eating disorders. Well, not not just, but I think that's, that's almost too narrow. There's not enough good help for mental health in a lot of capacities, especially because it's such... Um, I don't, it's such an individualized approach. What works for one person almost indefinitely will not work for another. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's really, it's a hard field. And the thing is, it's also very expensive. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times. A lot of people don't have the, that is yeah, true. A lot of people don't have the funds, the funds or the abilities or the sources. Um, and I think that's very difficult. And it's very easy to just, um, kind of self-isolate and kind of um, try to self-contain your issues or look to other avenues um, 
Yeah, and parents have to deal with, um, you know, if you've got insurance, it will cover taking your child to the doctor with strep throat. But Not if it comes to turn, yeah, treat a kid with an eating disorder or issues like that, parents can go bankrupt trying to provide this care for their child. Mm-hmm. And many do. So that's another thing. It's just, it's horrible going, wow, do we pay the mortgage or do we pay for our child's counselor yeah so I think that does that's a huge thing to prevent kids from getting the help they need is that mental health care is not covered under a lot of insurance yeah but I do think that um although I know that the internet kind of gets a bad rap for like a lot of things relating to mental health I think that there are many avenues now that are um helpful for that I think that I think that it can be risky Sometimes I think that there's definitely issues that um, can be exacerbated by things on the internet, but I think that there's also, um, there's communities that can be found, there's like hotlines that can be found, there's a sense of, it makes it easier to um, stay in touch. I mean, I think that there's a big, there's, the internet can definitely be a catalyst for mental health if it's used in the right way, and so I think that, um, there's certain there's certain good there, but I think it's also important to build a sense of trust because I think that that's a big thing is that a lot of times teens don't even have that sense of trust with their parents because it seems like um, a lot of times like children are um, beat down sometimes for their mental health, but also just the sense of a lot of times it's caused by certain actions or certain things that happened maybe blamed on their parents or maybe directly because of their parents and so there's not that sense of trust because directly related to the mental health issues it's directly stems from an action of the parent and so I think that that's difficult too and so I was what is your advice in that capacity for children and for parents um as a parent who's dealt with multiple children that have dealt with multiple things I just think that as a parent you have to um, put your pride in your feelings and your own personal, you know, sense of, of, wow, I might have caused this or could I have been a par- better parent aside and really listen to your child um, because there's so many causative factors and they, you know, it can even be just the way that the chemicals in your brain yeah. are are reacting and I think a lot of parents you know you hear parents say well gosh she was brought up in a good home and yet this happened Mm -hmm. but again you know a lot of it can just be brain chemistry so as a parent which is not to invalidate no not at all and it can be a combination yeah so you just got to say okay um let's go from where we are and just try to be the best give my child the best that I can to try to help them get through this and realizing it's bigger than what we can do and trying to find those resources and realizing that and I think this has been a struggle finding the right person to match with your child because you may find somebody that you think would be perfect and then but maybe your child just doesn't yeah it just doesn't it doesn't work with your child and be willing to say okay even though I've invested this much money in this counselor this or is this, this whatever yeah this is. clinic or whatever that 
we need to go another direction because my child is not getting better. Don't be complacent. Yeah, with that and well. don't just go, okay, well, I plugged her into the right channels. You know, she should be good now. Mm-hmm. So to constantly be going, how is this working for you? Is yeah, this and working? consistently check in. Yeah. I think, that's a, I think that that's a big thing. And by no means is this the only viewpoint about this topic. I think that this is such a nuanced topic, and I think that there's so many directions because um, – for everyone, this is not this is not always an option. Like having this discussion with your parents is not always an option. It's not always the safest choice for your own mental health, and it's not always the safest choice in general. So I think that trying to um, just be honest with yourself, which I think can be very difficult in these situations dealing with mental health, and trying to, even if it's just a couple of friends or even if it's just one friend, trying to reach out and just kind of say that, Maybe you need some help because I think that a lot of times we can create a network within our own social groups as well. Um, And I think that that's just a very important thing. So on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up. But happy Mental Health Awareness Month and thank you, Mom, for joining me today. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about this. And I think this is hopefully going to give parents an opportunity to talk with their with their kids about and hopefully teens some insight into parents minds too so thank you so much and just speak up and yeah thanks